0: Welcome back. Segment two, Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast talking all things Las Vegas Raiders football here on this Tuesday as we start to round out the end of November. Yes, we're getting down to crunch time in the NFL uh, and we're getting close to the end of 2022. Mo Moten, he is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot. Dot com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully on Twitter. We love to interact with you guys, so drop us a note whenever you want. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done that already, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us and turn on that auto download. That would be a huge favor for us. We certainly appreciate all the support as we continue to grow here. Still behind Mo, the Eagles and 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 Cowboys podcast. Now the Eagles, I understand, especially with the record and where they're at. The Cowboys, I know Cowboys big fan base, but help us beat those guys, right? We don't want to be behind those guys. We love those guys. They're team members of ours here at Odyssey. But we know Raider Nation is the top fan base in the NFL, so help us get to number one. Put on that auto-download as you subscribe, so thank you for that. All right, well let's jump into your favorite subject, all of our favorite Uh-oh. subject, because you could talk about the Raiders' punting game, and somehow it will always get back to Derek Carr. You could talk about... <laughs> Hot dogs and the price of beer at Allegiant Stadium, and it will get back to Derek Carr. doesn't matter what you talk to. It gets back to Derek Carr. While you're out, obviously, we saw Derek Carr get better. We saw him kind of, as I said a couple weeks ago, to Murph on the post-game show... Uh, I said, listen, he finally looked comfortable in Denver, in my view, 100% comfortable. He didn't have happy feet. It seems like he had the the confidence in his offensive line for the first time, and he seemed to be just more like the 2021 end-of-season Derek Carr than what we saw at the beginning of this season. First, let's start with that. We'll get to his future in a second, but let's talk about Derek Carr's play the last two weeks in Denver And in Seattle, what did you see for him? Do you agree with me that he actually looks comfortable and maybe it was that emotional outburst he had after the Colts lost and he just kind of reached that rock bottom and said, okay, now I'm, I'm going to change my perspective. I'm just going to do what I got to do and play my game. What have you seen from Derek Carr the last two weeks? That's made a big difference.
1: I think it just takes some time to adjust. This reminds me kind of the first Gruden year in 2018. Remember when they played the Rams and he looked absolutely awful (laughs) <laughs> threw a duck over to the left sideline and it was an interception and people like, Oh gosh, you know, he he's terrible. <laughs> this is a continuation from 2017. He was pretty much inconsistent all year. Now he's better this year than he was in 2018, in my opinion, but I think it just takes some time to adjust. I've said this on previous shows that Josh McDaniel's playbook system, notoriously people have said it takes a while to adjust to that. And I know people are going to say, well, Derek Carr has been in the league for nine years. He's seen it all. He should be able to adjust. he's had, how many coordinators you can count them on one hand. Um, he should be able to go seamlessly from system to system. And I'll say, when you bring in a new system, you're bringing in a new receiver, new receivers. And I a lot of people say, well, him and Devontae Adams had a relationship already. And I said this before I got sick. I said that just because they played together in college, doesn't mean that they're going to pick up where they left off in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're playing against a different caliber group of players. Obviously these are professionals versus amateurs. Uh, and, Times change, and, and time has elapsed, so it's different when you're throwing to a guy against the cover two or a cover three versus throwing to a guy in the yard or in the parking lot. It's just not the same, or even when you're on the collegiate level. So it took him time to adjust, but to your point, I think, yes, he is getting comfortable. I believe he went three straight games without throwing the pick. Of course, he threw two on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, first play of the game was uh, was an interception, and you kind of roll your eyes a bit, and you're like, oh, here we go again. But I think for the most part, I think he's comfortable. I think part of it, as you said, is trusting the offensive line because the offensive line is starting to play better, starting to gel. I think it's starting to come together. Is it perfect? It's, it'll never be perfect. Is it <laughs> what it should be? Not quite yet. Not quite there yet. But, you're again, you're seeing the progress there, and I think he's starting to feel comfortable, and it goes to my point why I believe He's gonna get year 10 with the Raiders. Now like people, some people, half of our listeners are gonna cover their ears and go, no, no, we don't need any more don't Derek Carr. It. We've seen enough. We've seen enough. But if you follow me on Twitter, I've said this as of today, Tuesday, November what, 29th. <laughs> 29th. I, I believe I believe Derek Carr is gonna be back with the Raiders next year. And it just there's I'm gonna get into this, but there are just so many signs. From when I, when I listen to Dave Ziegler, when I listen to Josh McDaniels, when I see the players hugging him in the locker room after he gets that win in Denver, a lot of people said, Derek Carr, not a leader in the locker room. The players don't respect him as they respect some of the top quarterbacks around the league. Sure didn't seem like it after that Denver Broncos win. Now, I know it's a win, but if you look at DJ Turner's tweet after the game, he said, we love this man. He didn't have to say that. No reporter stuck a mic in his face and said, hey, DJ Turner, how do you feel about your quarterback? He wasn't forced to say nice things. He took it upon himself to get on Twitter and say, look, we love this guy. He's our leader. He's our locker room guy. He's our guy. And I think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels look at that and say, we have a locker room leader. We have a quarterback that can take us far if we have the support around him. Now, I know fans are going to say, we've seen this for nine years. He can't do it even with the support. I will say, you've seen it for nine years. But when Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler come in, they've only seen it for... 10 months. So they're coming into this with a new outlook. You're coming into this knowing the history. They're 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 trying to come in and wipe the slate clean. We always talk about new coaches, new general manager want to come in, clean slate. They're not taking what happened last year, 2 years ago, 4 years ago, 5 years ago. They're looking at it with with a fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same as a fan look at it and say, "Okay, we've seen this for 9 years." Coaches like, "Well, we've only seen it for 1. We want to see more of it."
0: Well, there you go. There's, there's Mo's, uh, uh, it's my rant. it's your really rant, rant on Derek Carr. And that's good. I mean, I, and it's hard to disagree with you. I think some of what was said, and I know we're going to get into the Ziegler Mike Silver interview in the third segment right after the break. And we'll talk a little bit more about what he said or didn't say, because depending on what side of the debate you're on, you liked what you heard. Mm-hmm. It <laughs>
1: <always the case. laughs>
0: doesn't matter, right? Everybody finds what they want to find these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we'll talk about that, but the Derek Carr and not being liked by his team, there's there's many reasons why teams move on from players, not uh-huh. just because they're disliked or they don't keep them just because they're liked. So there is definitely some factor there. But to your point, you, you're going to make the best decision you can make for your team. And, and what you feel like is at the moment, the best way you can continue to be on the road towards a championship, whether or not. Some fans think they can. You're right. At the end of the day, the boss, the boss is, in this case, the, on the field, it's Josh McDaniels. Off the field, it's Dave Ziegler. If they believe in their employee, in their guy, and they feel like, hey, I've I've talked to everybody around the locker room. Everybody believes this guy can take us where we need to go. Then you might do it. Now, are there also reasons to say goodbye? One is the out in the contract. That's really the only one. But what are you going to do after that? And And this is going to be a subject that we'll talk about. And for Raider fans who don't like Derek Carr... Uh, and I said a few weeks ago that I thought they were headed towards an amicable divorce things have changed people oh so now he's doing well and you're talking as no that's not what I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying though is situations change if you believe if you're an absolutist with things you said five weeks ago five years ago ten years ago uh, and and you don't have the experience or of life of just living life and thing hey things change, doesn't mean necessarily that they don't happen that way. It just means sometimes things change and your view changes. And my view has changed on Derek Carr because I felt they were headed towards a divorce based on how he was playing. He's now changed the way he's playing. And so now you start to look at that and all the argument you laid out, Mo, makes a lot more sense to me. And I've seen it, right? And I've seen this idea where if this team had spiraled, continued to spiral out of control, and Derek Carr continued to play as he did inconsistently and poorly at times as he did earlier in the season, then you start to say, well, does he lose some of those guys in the locker room? Maybe, maybe not. But that's how things can change so quickly in the world of sports and pretty much in life in general.
1: And the other point I want to make, and you touched on it a little bit there, if the Raiders had continued to spiral out of control, then I would say it's a possibility that they're headed for the divorce because then they would be Mm -hmm. at the top of the draft order with an opportunity to draft one of the top quarterback prospects, but as they win these games, they're dropping further down the draft order, and now you're not—you're probably not going to get a top quarterback prospect. Uh, and as you know, Hendon Hooker at Tennessee tore his ACL, so now he's going to drop. He may be available on day two. Who knows? And he's an older—he's going to be an older prospect. So everyone's just basically looking at Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Those guys come out uh levis out of kentucky hasn't had a good year at kentucky by the way mm-hmm. no nope. a, a lot of people still saying is he a top 10 pick is he a top 20 is he even a first rounder i don't even think he's a first round to be honest with you mm-hmm. so th- we're at a point now where the raiders are sliding back in the draft order they have a quarterback who's starting to look a little more comfortable they have a team that still believes in him and they have their decision makers who are telling you basically that we're going to stick to the process. We believe in the process we're on. We believe in the pathway that we're on. We're not interested in making any wholesale changes. It all all signs point to Derek Carr coming back. I don't know. I don't see how other fans can't see that.
0: makes a lot of sense and I agree with you. Now, that is something that we'll we'll talk about too on the Mailbag show tomorrow because we got I got as you can imagine, Mo, I have like 80,000 questions on Derek Carr, <laughs> uh which we'll get to a few of them and I know I get email messages from some of you, some of you guys that's saying, "Hey, how come my question wasn't read?" We try to get to as many as we can. Without, we like that we like keeping that show short and sweet, so that we can talk about subjects. So if it doesn't get in this time, we'll get you next time. Don't worry about it. I promise you. Um, we, but but we the should question- just
1: do a show where we just take questions all day. We just do a telethon <laughs> and we just have like a, a Derek Carr segment, yeah. a Josh Jacobs segment, a Darren Waller segment, a Josh McDaniel segment, and just take questions all day.
0: Yes, we could just do a a Derek Carr show where we just talk (laughs) all about Derek Carr. We'll do half the show, people who hate Derek Carr, and then the other half people who (laughs) love Derek Carr. And then we'll close it with with Mo and I just passing out Uh, because... Who knows? Uh, but but good conversation on Derek Carr, and and we'll see where this goes the rest of the season. But but the point the signs point that direction, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in the Mike Silver slash Dave Ziegler segment coming up here. Mo, before we go on to the break, we have to obviously touch also on Josh Jacobs. Monster day on Sunday, unbelievable day. Uh, Everybody who had him in fantasy football loved it. 50 points, Mm -hmm. something like that, depending on what kind of league you were in. Amazing uh, as well. But here's a guy declined the fifth year option. Now, let's start with the premise that somehow if a team doesn't pick up a fifth year option, that they don't think you're good or they don't have any plans of keeping you. That is not the case. Now, we've talked about that the Raiders probably would move on from him. This was before the season started, based on his injury-prone history and things that had happened in the past. So what does Josh Jacobs do? He comes out and he says, guess what? I'm going to make this really tough on you, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. I'm going to have the best year I've ever had. I'm going to lead the league in, the, in, in rushing. Uh, I'm going to take this team on my shoulders, as he's done in my view, and and account for all four of its victories. I know their team wins, but without Josh Jacobs, this team doesn't win four games right now. Um, and so I'm gonna make it hard on you first, dispel this idea that because you decline a fifth-year option that you're no longer interested in the player.
1: Yeah, I think people just take a all or nothing approach. I call Twitter the extreme platform. <laughs> uh basically it was it was a it was a financial decision. They didn't yeah. wanna they didn't want to be on the hook for what Josh Jacobs would have been making next year which is i believe a little over eight million so they said look we're, we're not gonna pick up his fifth year option we'll see how he does in this year and then we'll basically maybe we'll revisit the negotiating table in the 2023 off season and if he balls out as he's doing right now maybe we give him more than eight million uh because i think he's i think he's worth more than that right now because as of today he is the engine of the Raiders' offense, so yeah. um, I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but he is the NFL rushing leader right now. He, I believe he leads with one thousand one hundred fifty-nine rushing yards, mm-hmm. so he's just as important as as right now as Derrick Henry is to the Titans' offense. So, with a player on that level, you say, okay, we'll we'll revisit negotiating contract talks at the end of uh, at the end of the season. And we'll see where he is. The other side of the coin is, let's say Josh Josh uh, Jacobs had some injury issues like a Darren Wall or Hunter Renfro has had this year, and he didn't play as well. Then his price level goes down. Maybe you still keep him, but you're able to keep him at a lower price. Now, this is this bodes well for Josh Jacobs because now he can up the ante. He can go to the negotiating yeah. table and say, look, look at what I did this year. Look at my numbers. I, ha- I- He's already surpassed his uh, career high in, in yards from scrimmage in 11 games. <laughs> so he can look at his numbers and say, I'm, I'm playing the best football I've played in my career. I deserve now, I deserve north of 13 million a year. Now, the Josh, Josh uh, McDaniels and Dave Ziggler have to go back to the joint board and say, okay, do we tag him based on what the franchise tag number is? Do we give him a short term contract? What do we do? And at this point, now you made a point in, the, in your last discussion to say, sometimes your opinions change based on what happened. Mm-hmm. Coming into the season, I felt like Josh Jacobs definitely wasn't going to come back because of his injury history and because I fought and a lot of people thought this too, that the Raiders were going to have a running back by committee. Basically, Zamir White was going to get some touches. Zamir Dula was going to get some touches. Derek Carr is still the second leading rusher on the Raiders in terms of attempts, in terms of carries. Derek Carr is the second most carries on the Raiders right now. So this is the Josh Jacobs show <laughs> as far as the backfield is concerned. <laughs> so I didn't expect that to happen. So with him being a, now a workhorse and the numbers he's putting up, I would say there's a there's a chance that he could be back, especially if the Raiders. I don't want to you know start any fires on my day back, but what if they <laughs> trade Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro?
0: Uh-huh.
1: you know, and try to get draft capital to build up their defense. What if they trade one of those guys and say, well, we we'll pay Josh Jacobs, but we're gonna trade one of Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller to get draft capital to help our defense out. Now, there there are so many variables here because of the way Josh Jacobs is played. I think it's opened Josh McDaniel's eyes to say, hey, this guy could be the engine of our offense, and we can get it done with him. And as soon as Hunter Renfro or Darren Wall get healthy, we have them along with maybe Mack Hollins comes back because he has an expiring deal. And then, of course, you have Devontae Adams. I think if you have a a nice trio running back, quarterback, wide receiver, Mm -hmm. you can get it done. Now, if you let Josh Jacobs walk, now you're thinking, okay— we don't even know really know what we have as Zemir White yet because he hasn't got enough touches, in my opinion. So you don't know right. what you have as a white. So you might want to keep Josh Jacobs because you don't know what you have behind him.
0: No, you're absolutely right. The other thing to point out, too, with Josh Jacobs, and, and 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 we'll talk about this in the Mike Silver interview next with Dave Ziegler, is that Josh Jacobs, and I noticed this a couple weeks ago too. Josh Jacobs doesn't always get the pass but his route running has been incredibly improved as has his pass blocking people are not even i mean for as great of a year as he's having they're not they're not noticing because it's not a sexy part they're not noticing how much better he was pretty poor in pass blocking the last several years last year he got better remember it was a, a point of emphasis going in to that last start of the Gruden year uh, but he really has and obviously under Josh McDaniels and that and that squad he has gotten better at all aspects of his game. So to your point, uh, it is it is a different situation. And his value goes up based on that. And I, t- I tweeted out the rules around the franchise tag last uh, last after the last game, Sunday, Sunday night. And a lot of people say, oh, they're not going to tag. It's not going to happen. They're going to either sign them or they're – I'm like, you don't know. It depends where the market goes. Now, I don't expect the running back market to go nuts – but there's there's options, which is why you decline the fifth year option in the first place. Right D- now, Josh Jacobs can also take the the approach that, hey, look, if my agent tells me and we believe I can get more than the Raiders are willing to pay. Why not? You can put feelers out there uh, as you move up towards the Super Bowl and understand what your market value is before you sit down with the Raiders. But he has all the control in this situation right now, other than the fact that the Raiders can tag him. Chances they tag him.
1: I would say there's a chance. I know people say it's not going to happen, but I will say that some teams franchise tag a player not with the intent to have him play out the year on the tag, but as a right. placeholder so that they can negotiate over the summer because you mm-hmm. have that, I believe it's a July 15th deadline to come to terms with that player who's been franchise tag on a long-term deal. So sometimes they just use the tag as a placeholder because They intend to get a deal done. It's not because that player is going to play out on the tag. So I would say if you're thinking, oh, there's no chance that they tag Josh Jacobs, I would say there is a chance, especially if they plan to sign him to a multi-year deal. The other point I want to make is a lot of people are saying, just pay Josh Jacobs. And it's not that easy. (laughs) As I just said, that he's putting up career numbers right now. And and as I said, as a running back, you understand the nature of your position. It's the most physical position on the offensive side of the the offensive line. You, uh, any NFL player get her on any play, but especially at the running back position where there's so much turnover, I would assume Josh Jacobs doesn't want to play out a year on a one-year deal. I'm sure he wants a multi-year contract for that financial stability because he understands what his previous injury history was. Yeah. He wants to get paid and have that security. So people are saying just pay Josh Jacobs to get it done, but they're not contemplating what does Josh Jacobs want? Because that's going to play – that's a major part in these negotiations that Dave Ziegler may have a set number that he's willing to pay, and Josh Jacobs may have a set number that he's willing to play for. So if they don't meet eye to eye on those numbers, you're going to have a problem. And as I said, as he piles up these numbers, his price goes up, 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 up. And he could probably command – I wrote this in a piece on Bleacher Report on Sunday night. He could probably command north of $15 a year – yeah. at this rate and be the top paid running back over Christian McCaffrey, I believe who is a shade over 15 or 16 million. But mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs could probably eye that number. And if Dave Ziegler is not willing to pay that much, then you have an impasse.
0: You do. And not only that, but you have to consider the needs of the team, which they still have to address. You don't know what's going to happen with the draft. To your point about the franchise tag, why I like it, even in that case, it just buys you time to negotiate with the player. But, exactly. but to my point, is they need a lot of bodies on defense, Mo. There's going to be a lot of Mm -hmm. turnover. I know the defense played better. They still gave up 34 points. This defense has to get a lot better. They have to do that through the draft. And, oh, by the way, on offense... You still have question marks. You not only talked about Darren Waller, but they still need that speed guy. They need that over-the-top guy uh, at a wide receiver position. No matter how good Matt Collins, even if he comes back, there's still opportunity to get better on offense. And so you can't give a guy money uh, after week 11 not knowing Mm -hmm. what else is going to transpire. Not only that, but God forbid something happens and he gets injured uh, or something goes down and you just gave him a big deal. I mean, they did that with Darren Waller in the offseason coming off an injury, and look what happened. So to your point, you have to be very cautious for both sides. Both sides need to represent themselves and look out for their best interest, no question at all. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about— the Dave Ziegler interview. Dave Ziegler doesn't do a ton of interviews unless they're on Raiders media, which you <laughs> basically get uh, what you get there. Good stuff, but but obviously uh, state-run press. Uh, so he did an interview with Mike Silver on the Open Mic show. We're going to talk about that. What we can glean from that conversation around the Derek Carr situation, around Josh Jacobs, around the building of the Raiders as well. So we'll be back. We'll talk to that. It's Mo Moten, Scott Branson. This is Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition and Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back.